Hello and welcome to Shamrock Foods Kitchen Conversations, where we'll talk to Shamrock partners just like you about how they approach the hospitality business, stay on top of trends, and manage a successful business. I'm your host, Jeff Piven, business solutions consultant with Shamrock Foods, and I'm joined today by a great Shamrock Foods partner, Christopher Collins, uh, owner of Common Ground Culinary here in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, good afternoon, Chris. Thanks for joining us today. Good afternoon, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Uh, of course. It's good to see you. Uh, to the audience out there watching, I'd love to invite you to participate in the conversation by commenting below. Type in any comments or questions that you have that you'd like me to ask Chris or you'd like to ask me or you just like some, some sort of other issue addressed. And we will happily uh, talk about that if we have time. If not, we will answer it immediately after. I usually kind of linger in the comments section after this is all over. Um, so let's get into this. Chris, tell me a little bit about Common Ground Culinary. How did it come to be? So Common Ground Culinary was a local Phoenix Scottsdale restaurant group that I started in 2011 when I opened up Grassroots Kitchen and Tap in the Ganey Ranch community. Uh, from there, we opened up a second grassroots, and then I opened up a different concept called Twisted Grove Parlor Bar. I opened up an ice cream shop called Sweet Provisions. Then I opened up a second Twisted Grove, and then I purchased one of my dad's restaurants, Wally's American Pub and Grill, rebranded that as Wally's American Gastro Pub. Then we started a catering company called Arcadia Catering Company. And then even then, I wasn't exactly happy with how all my brands were playing out. I didn't like that I was kind of tied to having these two brands, you know, a grassroots in Phoenix and a grassroots right. in Scottsdale and a Twisted Grove in Phoenix and a Twisted Grove in Scottsdale. So then I rebranded those and the grassroots in Phoenix became the Macintosh and the Twisted Grove in Phoenix became the Collins Small Batch Kitchen. So now after it's kind of all settled over the last six years, we are operating six different concepts in the Valley. Well, it's cool. I'm a huge fan. Uh, I know uh there's a lot of folks in the valley that love the level of quality and level of hospitality we love what you're doing here chris um and i, I love wally's and uh I, I frequent there as well to see your brother uh say say hi to him quite a bit so let's talk about you've got multiple concepts how do you keep them fresh and how do you keep coming uh customers coming back for more well, I think it's 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 prevalent that we're not afraid to take risks. We're not afraid to do what we think is right. And that's honestly what me and my team talk about every single day. Are we doing what is right for our restaurant group? And it doesn't matter the the effort or the financial costs or things like that. Is every single day we self-reflect. I mean, honestly, it's obsessive in how much we self-reflect on what we are doing inside our four walls. Uh, and it shows because we took the chance and we did rebrand those concepts and we did kind of, you know, there was no reason to, they were successful restaurants, but they just didn't feel right to us. They spoke something else. The soul was a little bit different than what, what it was really kind of coming out to be. So honestly, always reflecting inward, never being satisfied with kind of the status quo. Uh, I mean, we have recipes that are tried and true for 10 years and I'll just go in there one day and start peeling the onion and completely rip the recipe apart just to build it back together. And you know, whether I find something or don't find something, I guarantee I always learn something. That's awesome. That's a great outlook. I love that 
you know, you're constantly reflecting and always trying to get better. It's evolution without revolution, because like you said, you do still have some of the same items that you've had for a long time and that are customer favorites, but you're always looking to be a little bit better and change things up and you're not afraid, which I, I personally love because I, I hear customers say all the time, well, you know, that we've always done it this way, whether it's their books or their menu. Um, and that just kind of kills me because uh, if you if you do what you've always done, you're going to get what you always got. So if you want to be better, we got to change some stuff up. Yeah. So speaking of change, we've all had big change brought about. I'm sorry, what'd you say? I, I was going to comment that one of my favorite things to take to talk to my staff with is it only took us five years to learn that lesson. Right. We've been, so we always learn lessons. We're always learning more. So I was just following up on a comment you had made. Awesome. That's awesome. I know you're a great leader and you have a lot of loyal employees as well as customers. Um, so with the changes recently, especially since April, um, we've had to kind of change what the restaurants are doing, how they're organized, menus, et cetera, et cetera. How have your strategies changed in the past three to six months? So while we're a decent sized company, I don't think we're a large company. Uh, and with the six, six concepts and how involved the entire executive team is from the, you know, from the bottom level to the top level, we do and we are involved in everything. So we were able to make quick adaptations. So when we, when we closed everything down to curbside, we, put, we picked one concept in Phoenix, we picked one concept in Scottsdale, we shut everything else down, we brought back as many people as we could, and we learned how to be a curbside dedicated restaurant group. And it took us about 10 days to really learn how to do it, but we wanted to make sure that we were confident and we knew how we were gonna operate. And from those lessons that we learned in those initial 10 days, well, then we opened up a second restaurant in Scottsdale, and then a rest second restaurant in Phoenix, and then the third restaurant in Scottsdale. So it was very meticulous. And we learned a lot of things as far as what items we could get, because honestly, there were some products that Shamrock and us couldn't get in. So we had to change our menu there. We had to make sure that we could execute right. the products correctly. There are some dishes that are just not meant to be high volume to go items. There right. are other dishes that are great for that. There are dishes that we could execute with the skeleton crew. There were dishes that we couldn't execute with the skeleton crew. There were things that just weren't moving enough. So we really had to reimagine everything that we were doing and then roll that out concept by concept. But we did it. We did it well. We did it smart. We didn't panic. We kind of listened to what was going on in the environment and we responded appropriately. And then we've taken that model and we've brought it literally up to today, you know, getting to 50% occupancy, but still maintaining to go, making sure that people are safe, making sure that the staff is safe. All these little steps, we just dissect one at a time and execute the best that we can. And it's super smart. And I, I love that you were discussing how to balance the menu, the labor and, you know, supply chain issues that have been, you know, ubiquitous across the United States with, with plants and manufacturers closing. Uh, it's really, really smart. I love that it's heads up. Um, thank you for sharing that with us. Real quick, we've got Anita Craig. Uh, asking a question that uh, to Chris, you mentioned that you had several brands. Did you have investors or did you use borrowing to get them started? And how would you recommend starting on a smaller scale? 
So I am very, I consider my exec, I consider all my team members partners in my restaurant, but I am the sole owner of Common Ground Culinary. I do not have any investors. I do not have any outstanding loans. I have no debt. And I've been able to do that because I never wanted to overextend myself because I've only heard the horror stories of overextending yourself and getting yourself into financial trouble. So from the leadership of my father and just myself and my brother who kind of helps me on some things, I've never extended myself beyond the point where I felt comfortable. And really what that point is, is borrowing money. So I have not had to borrow money. I've taken, now I may not have a dollar in my name right now because it's all invested in restaurants, but I don't owe anyone any money. Um, and, I, and I took what I had from the first one and it allowed me to grow the second one. And then I took what I had from those two and it allowed me to go to the third and the fourth. Certainly the opportunities are out there for me to open up four restaurants next year, but that's not how I approach my business. Right. I'm smart, I'm meticulous, it's one at a time and I will not overextend myself. I appreciate that. And there is a lot of safety in that sole proprietorship because, you know, partnerships, they don't always last. Uh, being overextended financially makes times like these or, you know, summers in Arizona or winters in Denver, uh, especially difficult. Um, but weather the storm, scale what you can handle and constantly reinvest. So even though you may have a successful restaurant business, a year or two years into it, continue to fund it like you just started as opposed to pulling profits out and, and doing other crazy things before you get the money to be self-solvent like Chris is right now. And that's that's kudos, dude. I, I mean, borrowing money, especially when you don't have any, is super dangerous. And a P&L, having a lot of liability and a lot of overhead makes your break even really difficult. Um, so what we were just talking about previously was you rotated all of your restaurants to do pickup. And even though we're still at 50% capacity, you still have a lot of pickup and to go. Um, you're focused on hospitality. Can you tell us and our audience how you folks have been able to maintain such a high level of hospitality, even though there's a lot of restrictions on in-house in dining and you're doing a lot of to go? How do you keep hospitality? the forefront of the experience? Well, I think it kind of comes down to what I think is our saving grace during this pandemic is that we have always focused on being neighborhood restaurants. We've always focused on what's right for the community. We've always focused right. on making those close knit relationships. So I've been doing that for the last 10 years only because that's how I was raised in the restaurant business and my dad's restaurants on how to act. You know, for people's sure. name, I'm a drink every while, you know, you give them, well, I can't give them a hug now, but I give them a hug before. You know, I know when it's your kid's birthday and I know when it's your anniversary and we're genuinely thankful that you're choosing to spend your dollars in our restaurants. So for the last 10 years, we've created this culture of neighborhood restaurants. We are neighborhood restaurants. We're not worried about what's going on 10 miles down the street, five miles right. down the street. I'm worried about what's going on three miles in a circle around me. And that, that is what has saved us during this pandemic. Because those people, our neighbors, are the ones who have constantly come out and supported our restaurant group. And, I, and I'm telling you from experience, it is not inexpensive to get restaurant to go food all the time. And we have guests doing it in multiple concepts, multiple, multiple times a week because they want to see us survive. They want us here next year. 
And that it, it just, it's been the largest and most thankful part of our business plan. And it was completely unintentional. We were just doing what we thought was the right thing to do for our restaurant group, be a neighborhood restaurant, treat people like they're your family. That's awesome. And you guys are truly blessed to follow your heart and have that pay off for you. And I'm glad to hear that the community uh, has come together for a lot of our restaurant partners and return the favor after all these years of, you know, blood, sweat and tears that we put in, they weren't going to let us go down. So um, I'm thankful for our restaurant communities across the West here in our Shamrock footprint. Um, so even though this has all been super difficult, we've had to make some changes we never thought we were going to make. Tell me maybe about something that you hope continues once we're past um, this difficult time. Yeah. You know, support local was getting a lot of momentum prior to the pandemic. A lot of people in the communities and the state and the cities, they're always talking about, well, what's your restaurant? What's the restaurant in your neighborhood? Who's your local chef? Who's your local restaurant group? And I think that's just great that that continues to grow after this. Support small restaurant groups. Support the, the independent guy, right? We want more independent guys. I want to see more guys out there getting their shot at this, putting their heart, like you said, your heart, sweat, and tears into your restaurant. So I hope as in, in our environment, in the Arizona Phoenix Scottsdale, that we continue to see these young chefs grow up, show their passion. We, we're gonna start seeing more and more people coming from out of state. Bring your talent, right? We want local restaurants. We want small restaurant groups. We want guys being and ladies, being creative and showing what they got and giving us a little run for our money. That's yeah. what's fun about business. So that's what I hope continues. Support local, support small, support unique. That's what that's what defines our communities. It's awesome, man. And I can tell the passion is there on that message. Support local, support small. Um, and you know, be organic. And I love that you're saying bring the competition on. Come in from California and show us what you got because we're good at what we do here. Shamrock, you know, we're a local company as well in business and in uh, Arizona started here in Tucson in 1922. Um, and we are, even though we're a bigger company now, we still are a small family at heart and our community supports us just like they support our restaurants. Thanks for bringing that to a head. Um, real quick, I wanna just take a break and uh, welcome some folks that may have just joined us. Uh, my name is Jeff Piven with Shamrock Foods. I'm here today with Chris Collins owner of Common Ground Culinary here in Phoenix, Arizona, or greater Phoenix, including Scottsdale. Um, if you have any questions, as you can see, people have commented, uh, like Anita, uh, Chris, and Christina, down in the comments, if you'd like to ask Chris a question or just ask a general question, and we will get to those if we have time here on the broadcast, or if not, we'll uh, get to them afterwards. So thank you for tuning in. So back to Chris, you're back on the hot seat. What advice do you have for our viewers to help them succeed both now and into the future? There's a lot of customers out there that are still kind of struggling. What advice can you give them, Chris? Yeah, you know, I'm going to give you the best advice that my father ever gave me. Don't get too high in the high and don't get too low on the lows, right? We are, we have been on a roller coaster for cool. the last seven months, right? There are, there are times I thought, well, that's it. There goes the restaurant group. There goes everything I've worked for my entire life. 
Then there are times going, oh my gosh, we're going to make it. We're going to get through this. Everything looks peachy. But then, you know, you start looking at the environment. You start looking at COVID numbers. You start seeing things in the news. And it's, it's very easy to kind of just get beat up very quickly. Yeah. Don't get too high on the highs. Don't get too low on the lows. We have to maintain our craft. What are you good at? What do you do every single day? Why were people coming to see you prior to March 2020? right? Focus on that. There is going to be a light at the end of this tunnel. Things will eventually get back to normal. And if you can ride this storm, if you can just put your best foot forward every single day, do what's right for you, your family, your team members, your customer base. If you do those things genuinely every single day, I truly believe that when this all is done, those of us who did the effort, who did the work will come out stronger. And from there, I'm envisioning a 20 year career. That's going to be fun and fantastic. And I enjoy the hard work anyway. So bring it on. <laughs> That's awesome. And, you know, super inspiring. Uh, I appreciate you sharing your dad's advice with us and the viewers. Uh, Anita, she says she's all fired up. She's motivated to do it without reservation where before she was having some self doubt. So man, I'm so happy that you're on today. This has been really, really good. Um, Let's talk about how you can balance um, keeping your menus current and fresh, but also efficient with training, inventory, and food costs. Like, how do you find that balance? Because it seems like it could swing either way really quick. Absolutely. Well, fresh is listening to your customer base, right? Like, don't be the restaurant owner who's not in your restaurant. That's the worst thing you can yeah. do in the entire world. Get into the restaurant. Listen to your guests. Watch the food come out. I'm, I can tell you, I know the food is right before it even hits the table every single right. time. So be involved. You can't be a restaurant tour and not be involved. Be involved. Know what's going on with your product. Listen to your guests. Watch things. As things do change, people's dining habits change. The, their monetary spending changes. Right. Their health changes. Their taste profiles change. You have to watch what's going on. And I, I have seen neighborhoods change over years and we've adapted the menu because i i know what's selling i know the feedback i'm getting how could you not if you weren't in your restaurants so step one be in your restaurants right um, yeah. but then that helps you stay maintain fresh that helps you keep your product on point listen and it's so easy it's right there the it's not a secret it is in front of you every single day it's your choice whether you choose to ignore it or acknowledge it. But then the efficiency part, look at my obsession in this life is an efficient kitchen. I mean, it's where everything starts in our restaurant group is from the kitchen. So as right. I mentioned, I think several times, we peel the onion. We go layer by layer. We find out even if you can change something just a little bit to be a little bit quicker right? Or having the right tools, get a couple more pans that are on the stove hot all the time. I mean, what's the worst thing about grabbing a cold pan in the middle of a Saturday dinner rush, but you have to be involved. You can't just rely on other people to make these decisions for you because no one will ever care as much as the owner. That's awesome. Great feedback. You really are inspiring. Like myself, I'm ready to get out and start a restaurant again. I'm ready to dive back in with you, Chris. Um, I hear it's a good time to start. Uh, 
there. There's a lot of opportunity in every difficulty. I agree. Well, so what has this done down to brass tacks? Like, what adjustments have you had to make from a financial standpoint? I mean, a lot of folks have reduced their menu so that they have lower carrying costs and a little bit less prep for less labor. Um, maybe some folks have increased prices to try and drive revenue. There's a lot of wild stuff happening. Can you kind of let us in on what your secret formula of remaining profitable through all this has been? Absolutely. Well, first off, we have we have tried to maintain all of our price points with January. Um, I think there's nothing worse than everyone is suffering out there. Everyone has challenges. And then you go right. to your favorite place and all of a sudden the cheeseburger is $3 more. Like that's maddening to me. I don't want it to be that way. And while we are super aware of every single dollar coming in and going out, because that is a very stressful part. I mean, it's, we are here to make money. And honestly, we're not making much money right now because right. of everything going on. But we are thinking six months from now, a year from now, right? We are getting customer bases. We are having people find us now. I mean, what if, can you imagine that this is the first time you've ever been to a common ground restaurant during a pandemic and like we blew your socks off? I'm right. going to have you as a customer for years because I know other restaurant groups are doing it and maybe they're pressured by investors or maybe they're pressured by banks or maybe there's things with, you know, maybe there's all these things. And, right. and my suggestion is just as much as you can stay true to who you are, right? I'm not an $18 cheeseburger restaurant. I'm not, and I'm not just going to make it an $18 cheeseburger restaurant because I'm worried about a dollar today. I'm keeping my right. burgers at the $15 price point because that's who I am. That's what I believe my concept reflects. And that's the value that I want guests to perceive about my concepts. Right. Um, so just not focusing only on the dollar, thinking about what work am I doing now that's going to be paying off in six months in a year, because this is all going to end one day. Right. But we've also, we've minimized staff, right? We, we have changed some of the executive positions to cover more of an umbrella. I mean, I am now the catering manager for Common Ground Culinary. So if you want any catering, you're calling and I'm picking up the phone. And as the owner, that's something awesome. that I need to do to save some dollars so that we can continue and be around in the next six months. So, you know, kind of maximum effort is something that I see a lot with my team right now, maximum effort. Um, but also there's a little bit of a benefit to what's happened because we had some downtime we didn't waste that downtime. Right. And right. we went through every single expense in the company. And I'm telling you, brother, we found thousands of dollars. Wow. That, you know, we thought were necessary, but when you really reflect on it, not a hundred percent necessary. You know, some things that will, we can do ourselves. We can wash our own windows. I don't have to pay someone to come wash my windows. We can do it. Right. We yeah. can fix a gasket on a piece of cooler, right? We can change yeah. some stuff. We can fix some stuff ourselves. Um, so just a lot of that, a lot of self-reflecting, finding everywhere, cutting a bunch of much fat. And this is fat that we've trimmed now that will be trimmed for years, hopefully forever. Right. But it forced us to make some decisions and that's that's been okay for us. So sharpening your pencils, Get down there deep into those ledger codes, deep into that, that P&L and ask yourself, 
do I really need to be spending money on this? Prioritize and follow your heart like Chris does, and you're going to make it to the other side. So at Shamrock, we're all about food. Can you tell me, Chris, about a dish you really love right now? Can you tell me about something you're really into preparing or enjoying right now? Oh, yeah. It's my. It's not just right now. It's been for a long time. But our gray short ribs with our – we use Shamrock Farms dairy, uh, whole milk, and we make our own ricotta. So it's a ricotta. Oh, wow. Gray short rib, ribs, Reggiano cream sauce, uh, blanched Fresno peppers, fresh corn basil, with a um, beef reduction sauce, bro, bro. On those days where it's just a tough day, and we're all having tough days right now, there's that dish that you're like, just give it to me, right? Like, just <laughs> let me have my moment of the day while I just completely enjoy this dish. And that is the Nokian short ribs at Twisted Grove. I'm like, right now, my mouth is watering just thinking about it. Sounds it. awesome. Oh man, and it, it just, you know, it's just one of those dishes. It, it just hits home on a stressful day. I'll take one of those and a big glass of red wine. Well, I man, think I'm for sorry. a lot of us, we find therapy, solace, you know, and catharsis in food. And I know that your cuisine plays right into that wheelhouse. So if you haven't been and you're in the Phoenix area or even from outside, you need to get into one of these restaurants. Uh, my personal favorite is, and I tell you this, I think every time I see you, is that um, that cold smoked salmon with the saltines and that sauce, the way you do it. I, every time I go, I order it. We go just to get it. So yeah. that's one of my personal favorites. Um, so just as we wrap this up, just tell me real quick, how do you keep your customers coming back? How do you ensure that they are going to come back through those doors once they've come in? So we, we talk about our four walls a lot. You know, what can we control inside our four walls? So we have clean restaurants, we have happy staff, we have friendly staff, we have great food. So that's our package, right? So we make sure that our package is always tended to, always perfect, and we obsess about it on a day to day. But then I think like the cherry on top at Common Ground is like we we are genuinely thankful that you are in our restaurant. And I think maybe that some other restaurants can sometimes not show that appreciation right. or maybe roll their eyes at a guest or just not really be there for the guests. And I, I know our, our survival is based on it. We're there for the guests. If we're there for the guests, we will continue to be there for our family and for our team. Right. Uh, so it, it's just, it's, it's taking care of our brand. It's taking care of our product and it's not cutting corners and it's doing what's right every single day. And gosh, what is harder in this world? than doing it right every single day. But it's our culture. It's what we talk about with everybody every single day. Guys, there's a right approach and there's a wrong approach. We take the right approach every time. And guests, guests know it and they, they appreciate it and they show that appreciation. And we're thankful for that. That's awesome, Chris. Super inspiring today. I want to thank you for joining us. Um, I want to thank everybody out there, um, out in Facebook world, on in the uh, in the cyberspace. Thank you for joining us uh, in the Shamrock Foods Kitchen Conversations. Um, thanks again, Chris. We're going to be in there for the short ribs and gnocchi. 
maybe today. I don't know what my rest of my day is looking like, but I feel like I need it for some reason. Um, if you haven't had a chance, get out to one of Chris's restaurants. It's Common Ground Culinary. You can find them online. We hope you enjoyed the show. Keep the comments coming. I'm sorry we ran out of time today. We're, we'll get to those questions that have popped up in the comments later on this afternoon. Um, and we'll see you guys November 19th for our next Kitchen Conversations. That's not next Thursday, but the following Thursday. Thanks again, Chris. We'll see you soon, brother. Take care, you guys. And thank you, everyone, for coming. Have a great week.